Welcome to the special edition of Cisco Champion Radio, direct from Cisco Live Orlando. And before we get too far, I think we probably also need to introduce who the, who oh, the yeah. heck's talking here. So, Absolutely. Um, Kareem, if you want to introduce yourself first. Uh, yes, I'm Kareem Iskander. I'm uh, part of the events engineering team with DevNet. I've been doing this since uh, the beginning of DevNet at uh, Cisco Live. 2014. 2014. Yeah. Uh, in San Francisco, time. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm Matt Denapoli. I'm a developer evangelist or developer advocate focusing specifically on Meraki and CMX. And so those are my areas of expertise. Uh, Jeff Lovensailor. I'm a collaboration engineer with Presidio. Uh, but before that, I worked for a few different partners, Cisco partners. Uh, I like to brag that my first real IT job I quit because of Meraki, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it was just so easy. Uh, I wasn't learning anything. I needed to get in the weeds with other more technical things, and uh, you know, now it's come back. And Cisco's bought Meraki, and I was doing a lot of broad soft back then, and hosted hosted voice, and now it's come back around, and you know, full circle. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, my name is Ben Story. I'm a Network engineer for Hospital Sisters Health System, um, so we're a customer. And um, my claim to fame in terms of Meraki right now is that I uh, just got told that we're going to change all of our clinic sites from Cisco ASAs to Meraki okay. uh, as part of our SD WAN initiative. So um, you know, we're we're looking uh, to to utilize the APIs and the DevNet uh, to make that rollout happen instead of trying to do it all click click click. That sounds fantastic. But there's actually a, a, a zero touch uh, deployment uh, script out there that you can potentially leverage. Perfect. Could <laughs> tell us more about that? Uh, I would be the wrong person. I just see. <laughs> I, I, I haven't dug into the script itself, but it's basically the the, the you know the overall just a high level picture of it is essentially um, your all of your devices, the serial number that you get in your purchase order. Uh huh. Are imported for you from the whatever the tool, the purchasing tool that that, that you utilized. Um, I think it's CCW, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, and you, you, they basically via these APIs, they bring them in, and they they provision against the licenses. They add it to the inventory via the APIs, and from that, they go and you set whatever you know, whatever VLANs, whatever profiles you're going to apply to which devices. They pull all that in, and then they just deploy it for you. It's well, it sounds like it's uh, pretty easy. It's lovely. <laughs> so getting back to the connected city part, and living in LA, I think uh, you know smart parking should be everywhere. Right. Uh, we have it in a few places, but uh, tying that back into Meraki, uh, do you see more IoT solutions with Meraki? I know that you have the cameras now with you know uh, analytics around the amount of people it sees and and. That kind of thing, or is Meraki still just, uh, you know? So we include, or we're starting to include the location services type items into the discussion around IoT. Um, I think that what's lost sometimes in those conversations is that um, all of our phones and laptops and things, those are those are edge devices. Those are um, IoT devices as well, and being able to track and generate data on that is is super useful for all kinds of things. Um, ben, you work for a hospital system. Uh, I, I'm very familiar with the one in Cleveland, Ohio, where I'm from, mm -hmm. Cleveland Clinic. They leverage, um, they don't use Meraki specifically, but they leverage Cisco CMX, a comparable technology, 
uh, to track devices in their space. They provide wayfinding solutions. And all of that, um, I think, enriches the IoT story. Uh, so what we've been doing lately in, in the DevNet area is um, including those conversations about location services in the IoT discussion so it doesn't get lost in the mix. Uh, location tends to be an afterthought, but it's super useful for a number of different applications. Yeah, so I got to talk about uh, Presidio's booth here. We're doing a, a proof of concept around DNA Center, uh, which is measuring energy usage via EnergyWise uh, from the DNA Center uh, uh, devices that it's seen. Yeah. And I thought that that was neat, but it was sort of boring for a big, uh, you know, Cisco Live presentation to just look at charts. So I wanted to add a little flair to that. So what I did was take location analytics, scanning API from Rocky. I added a little button on my desk phone and text me a link. I can enroll my phone. And now my phone is linked to this phone. And when I walk away, my phone turns off to save energy because that's an eight to five static uh, cost usually. So you can identify things that you can uh, turn on and off based on your proximity and you can opt into those things uh, to save money. That is such a cool use case that I'd never thought of. That is and pretty that great. is freaking sweet. Nope, <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought about this because at home, I have a nest, and when I walk away, it turns my AC up about five degrees to save money. Yeah. So why aren't those type of things used in businesses? And I think they will start to get that way, but obviously uh, home's the first adoption because it's like easy convenience is the key, it's not security, and then bringing that and scaling it in enterprise is another thing. So. Yeah, right, yeah. No, so, so specifically with, you know, Meraki and the DevNet, you know, where, where does somebody start? Somebody who's, you know, maybe new to programming or new to, or, or a programmer that's new to uh, networking, you know, where, where would you even uh, suggest they start? Uh, so that that's a great question. So. So as far as DevNet is concerned, we are, our biggest clients are the existing network engineers that are um, Cisco customers, maybe not Cisco customers, but they exist within the space. And they're going, oh man, I got to learn all about this network programmability stuff. How do I do that? So we're, we start from scratch. What's a REST API? Um, how do I get started with some basic Python scripting? And then we go down the path and say, all right, now that you know these basic things, how do we apply that to specific technologies? And Meraki is one of them. Um, the thing that I, I think a lot of people see Meraki as this or that. So uh, Meraki for some people is all about Wi-Fi and location services. For other people, it's uh, network management and provisioning. Um, but really the power in it is its combination of both. And so what we do is we provide a glimpse into the network management and provisioning APIs that are available to them through the Meraki dashboard. Um, we do introduce the potential for location services and how you might take advantage of that from a code perspective. And then um, finally, the thing that, that uh, I think ends up being most useful for the customer facing uh, application are, is the captive portal engagement. So once people are in that space, uh, that Wi-Fi managed space for Meraki, you're able to engage the customer through an app or through a splash screen or whatever that thing is. And you can basically do whatever you want. If you want to collect data, if you want to have people fill out a survey, et cetera, et cetera, those things are available to it. And we walk people through all those things in uh, learninglabs.cisco.com mm -hmm. and give people access to the sandbox environment to poke and prod the system without necessarily having to invest time and money into procuring and deploying the equipment. 
yeah, so you, you basically give them the lab and let let them poke without having to you know work on production equipment. Exactly. That's always nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know many an engineer that's gotten in trouble going, well, I'm just playing around. Oh, took down the entire network. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, proof of concepts have always been difficult to get in front of the customer. We've done a great job lately uh, with dCloud just yeah. in the last few years, but Meraki has had their dashboard, their public dashboard, they use internally for all their network devices online for everybody to use anytime, and it's just read-only, but you can see all the different stats, you can see all the APs, how many they're using, how many people. And getting back to the retail, I was in a coffee shop the other day and I had to actually ask for the password and then I went That's on and logged it was like a WPK. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, this is just so like five, 10 years ago, like if you're not getting anything, you're just giving Wi-Fi away, you're not getting any kind of like email list or marketing, That's it pays for itself in a month. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing, whenever you walk into a space, the first thing people say is, what's the Wi-Fi password? And if you can engage them without having to go through that process, because some people are a little shy about it. You know? yeah. I'll walk into a place and I'm like, I don't want to ask for the Wi-Fi password. I'll I just think, use my phone as a hotspot. <laughs> I, think, I think Meraki did an amazing job at um, simplifying that process for us in the dashboard. Yeah. Just creating a simple splash screen or even connecting it to your Facebook account or your store's Facebook, say Facebook account, going from there to just, you know, hey, I am Kareem, this is my Facebook, I log in with Facebook, and that information just gets transferred to me as a, you know. So, so what are some um, use cases you guys have seen from, from the Meraki side specifically with DevNet technologies, APIs, you know, you know maybe a customer uh, success or something that you've seen? Uh, the one that we always talk about in um, our kind of what's the value proposition for Meraki, and I think you're going to find this as you do your transition to the Meraki infrastructure, um, there is a large U.S. retailer. I don't know what the name of it is because it's, uh, <laughs> we just say a large U.S. retailer. Um, and they had, I think it was, I think they say 1,800 sites. Um, they deployed all of the Meraki equipment. Now, obviously, there was some logistics that had to get into place. They had to ship the, the switches and the APs to those locations, plug them in, make sure they were all powered on. Uh, but they provisioned that entire network of 1,800 sites uh, in nine minutes, leveraging the Cisco APIs, um, leveraging the uh, zero-touch type thing that Kareem was talking about earlier. Um, all that the customer did was they created some barcode scanner yeah. uh, that scanned in the devices as they were, uh, I think, accepted at the sites so that they knew they were ready to go. So it was, um, but then they just hit a script. Nine minutes later, everything was up and running and in a production mode. So that a crazy, awesome That was very story. impressive. Yeah. There's another, there was another engagement with another large um, retail company that remain uh, nameless, um, <laughs> that we, so some of our team members ended up working with, uh, they essentially leveraged the location service APIs um, to uh, draw a, a heat map uh, of the entire store. And that heat map showcases each, um, I want to say, not, not a dolly, what's the, what am I missing? The, the lifts that go around the stores. And they wanted to see what the, the routes they're taking for efficiency. So they had they had a, a small beacon on every single uh, lift. Shopping cart. Shopping, no, not shopping cart, no, it's a lift, an actual, an actual oh. uh, lift, right? Okay. It's, it's, 
Yeah. Is it called a lift? I think it's called a lift. All right. Is it uh, something that people were actually buying stuff and putting them on these things? No, no, it's actual to restock, right? Oh, the, uh, the warehouse. The warehouse. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And within okay. the store, like at night, after hours, when they go restock everything and they take down the, yeah, the yeah. equipment and put it. I gotcha. So they wanted to see what would be the most efficient routes for these guys and um, to save on, on whatever, using propane or whatever. And, um, and so using Glance, which was built within, uh, within DevNet as yep. a project, as um, actually in Cisco Live Milan, we, Put together as a demo together, of location services, right? Yeah. Which to showcase where the DevNet members are, um, they they did that, and um, and it was a product that, that was pushed, and, and I think it was sold. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I yeah. What the, I wonder what the ROI on that was. Uh, we probably don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're in that's the a big chunk of money. We're in this. Hey, that's a cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was something that was done at DevNet Create, which I should mention is an awesome. Uh, a uh, little get together it's like maybe 400 people it's like yeah. 200 dollars to join it's in yeah. san francisco it's a developer for engineer conference uh we had a little code camp during that time and yeah. somebody actually came up with an app to uh track people for each little session you know how long people were there and how many people go to that session for engagement on a micro level which is really awesome yeah 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 i remember uh when we Matt, Matt came up with the idea. We were brainstorming some uh, for Camp Create, some of the use, use cases, cases that we're going to hand out, and uh, we came up with some cool use cases. The the one that that, that I was helping her, helping out on, the, the guys were brilliant. Uh, we ended up writing something similar to this, where we leveraged the location services APIs and the proximity to that that comes in the access point already. Uh, built in uh, to, to give a customer and VIP in a banking environment a more uh, personal experience. So you can detect when a person comes in, you can send them a message on their WebEx Teams room and say, hey, welcome, uh, you know, and, and just, just yeah. that type of interaction. The beauty of the API first approach is uh, a company realizing they might not have the best use case off the bat. Mm -hmm. So they approach an API this is fully developed, here's what I suggest, and here's a product that may or may not be finished, and you can work around that and right. make it dynamic, you know? Right, by yep. opening up all the functionality through the APIs. Right. And, and I'm, I'm personally looking forward to seeing what happens with uh, the announcements that were made today in the tech, technology keynote there from DevNet in terms of the code exchange. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what other people put together, because a lot of times, um, Although I'm not a programmer, I've, I've done a lot of tinkering with code over the years, and you know, you see somebody they they've got almost the solution you're looking for, and you can take it off the shelf, look at it, kind of figure out how how it works, and go, oh, if I only did this, and then you feed it back in, mm -hmm. and how, how that interaction works. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what what this community can come up with. Yeah, we're really excited about code exchange. Actually, that whole pro process of code exchange and the product in and of itself has been in the making since almost before DevNet. Uh, we've been trying to figure out how to um, package it up, make sure that the, the different groups that we're working with are able to push that out. Meraki specifically is one of them. And um, it, it, it finally, we hit the right time yep. for it now. And because there's a lot of tools and applications and uh, pre-written code that's out there already that solves a lot of those challenges up front or allows you to solve other problems uh, relatively quickly, so we're super excited about that. Yeah, my, my computer science professor back in uh, college, the first 
first day of Freshman 101 for computer science, he came in and wrote on the board, the key to computer science, be lazy. <laughs> and that, you know, code exchange is, is the epitome of that. Yeah. Why reinvent something somebody's already uh, put, put down on paper for you? Yeah. Use it, extend it, embrace it, you know? It's, it's pretty, to that, it's pretty amazing what, uh, within our DevNet organization, especially between Matt and I, is the, the exchange of, of, you know, we, the code that we have, I, he writes something, and I'm like, hey, Matt, before I do anything, before I start writing any code, hey, Matt, do you have this by any chance? And he's like, yeah, I do. And he just, I already did just, it here. Yeah, take, take the Python. And you have to tinker like five, six different lines of code just to try to accomplish your, what you're trying to do. Um, and, and it just makes it makes your life easy. And so uh, before the podcast, Jeff and I were kind of talking about uh, some different projects back and forth, and he mentioned, you know, that... Um, for his company, he was doing some work on that energy savings, but he said, I didn't do much because I don't know, didn't know PHP, and they chose PHP. Which language would you guys recommend as, you know, if a network engineer is coming into this going, I want to get into this, which one do you start with? I, I, I'll field that. Okay. <laughs> um, the one that we, that we prescribe as an organization is Python. Um, I personally agree with that recommendation. Um, I think it's a easy programming language to get started with. It's, but then it's it can be super powerful as well. So it just depends on your level of skill with it. I'm still learning stuff every day as far as Python is concerned and different things that I can leverage with it. But I've been working with it and doing things that have been productive for years. And so um, because it is something that you can learn relatively quickly, write some scripts that do some automation tasks that leverage REST APIs pretty quickly. That's the one that, that we tend to like. Now, that being said, we have some proponents of, of Node.js in our, in our group. We have some proponents of uh, Go. Uh, one of our colleagues is uh, diving back into Java just because he thought it would be interesting. Um, and it just depends on the depends on the area that you're working in. So there's still a lot of Windows developers out there. There's still a lot of com customers that are running Windows machines. And so you might, you, you know, you might be delving into C Sharp. But just to get comfortable with the coding process as a new programming engineer, or a new uh, networking program programming engineer would be, I would say, Python. Plus, you, you have all the, the great resources that we have on DevNet, on developer.sysco.com, and coming up with exchange. So I, most of the stuff that's out there already is... Uh, getting back to the, the laziness and the automation and, yeah. and don't reinvent the wheel, I think community support's number one. Yeah. So Cisco, whether one's better than the other, it's a debate. But they know that community is important. So they have kind of standardized on most of their labs or Python. So if you want community support, they know that. Yep. I'm a Node.js developer, but if I see that the library is already written that I need in Python, you know, that's, if it's going to save me time, I'll write in Python the other 40% of it. And that's another thing to note, people that are just now getting into development, you don't write the whole app. You don't even write like 20% of the app. Download code, get it to run, get it to serve your purpose. There's libraries. Uh, there's uh, front-end web applications. There are uh, front-end frameworks. There's back-end frameworks. There's yep. all kinds of things that are already set up for you, so you don't have to worry about starting from scratch. One of the most daunting tasks for a new developer, I think, is they see web applications running, and they're like, well, 
how do I get to the point where I can put that up on a site and make it work? And there are a lot of great tutorials for things like Flask or Django um, that allow you to take the things that you might have been scripting in the past and then making them available as web, uh, web applications for your whole organization to take advantage of as necessary. And one of the things that we, uh, that at events like Cisco Live, we get a lot of is how do I get started? And, you know, like the, 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 the workshops, the classrooms are great, but now I'm going home, how do I do it? So uh, we've created this, this module on how to get started at home, uh, how to build your, uh, your environment. And we walk you in on, that's on learninglabs.cisco.com. We walk you through step one, download this, do that. This is the tool that you need. This is the IDE that we recommend for you. If, you, you know, if you're trying to do markdown, use this plugin. Um, so we've put that together for um, network developers that are trying to get started to make it easy on you instead of having to go Google search, I need this, I need that. It's all there for you. And then you can import the code as well. So kind of... Does we it we keep that in mind. Does it leverage Meraki infrastructure? Uh, specifically, I mean, getting started, not, but I mean, it, it's part of the track. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All right. And then we can do things like, we have a learning lab on uh, being able to provision SSIDs, a wireless SSIDs in Meraki yeah. with Alexa. So turn that Alexa skill, uh, leveraging those Meraki APIs to enable your guest Wi-Fi when people come over. So I, I actually tried it out and have it running in my house. <laughs> and people can come in and say, I, or if I have a group of people coming over, I can say, Alexa, um, the, I, I go say, I say, Alexa Meraki, and then she starts the skill. And then we're able to say, turn on guest Wi-Fi. And then people can then ask Alexa what the Wi-Fi password is. If, if I use that, um, I could prompt them to connect to that guest Wi-Fi network and provision a a splash page to say, hey, welcome to my house. You're only allowed in if your favorite Star Wars character is Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the th kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from a residential standpoint, that's, a, you know, deploying Meraki equipment is a, is a privilege that we have as being employees of Cisco. But, um, you know, you can start to think about retail environments or hospital environments right. leveraging that kind of functionality to do something a little more serious. <laughs> and, and I've actually seen... Um, I'll just say A, um, integrated, because uh, we probably just triggered a bunch of uh, people's uh, smart speakers at home. But um, <laughs> uh, I've, seen, I've seen her enabled into education now, yeah. where they're using that as a way to do back and forth in, in a classroom, or even to the point, um, my wife has wanted me to program this, and I haven't gotten around to it. But she, she would love to have the ability, sort of like in um, Harry Potter, which is, you know, apropos since we're right across the street from uh, the Wizarding World, um, she'd love to be able to say 10 points to such and such class and keep track of her behavior charts verbally. So she, because right now when she uh, tells the kid that um, you're misbehaving and you lost points or something, she literally has to stop what she's doing teaching wise, record it, and then move on. Well, she'd love to be able just to say it to the, to the yeah. air and have it automatically you know, deducted from a Google Docs uh, spreadsheet or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah. So That's where, that would be awesome. I kind of want to do that at home now with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points to Keegan for making his bet. <laughs> One of the guys at our DevNet Create the Code Camp, he's a Microsoft guy. We don't hold that against him. Uh, he came up with an idea because he was presenting on this. 
for our splash page to have facial recognition. Yeah, that was cool. So we have uh, enrolled people's faces, and then if they want to join the network, they don't have to know a password, they don't have to have a certificate, they just show their face. It comes back with a yay or nay with some level of confidence. And those APIs did not exist like a year ago, and they're just you know free public APIs that do facial recognition. And I guess I have to owe it all to uh, some collaboration engineer. I, I owed it basically to Spark APIs to get me back into development. But Web before Ex this, WebEx teams. WebEx teams. <laughs> <laughs> Project squared. <laughs> so I uh, revisited all my areas I used to work with because I was kind of a generalist, all networking, encompassing, server. Uh, everything and I, I revisited Meraki and I was very impressed with the uh, Meraki development site create.meraki.io uh -huh. is the website yeah. and I mean tons of use cases on here tons of uh, tutorials uh, the API I, I never thought of Meraki why would you need an API for Meraki it's already so easy <laughs> uh, but I, I've used it like twice this week already for stuff I didn't think about. You know, so. Well, it, it, it's always great to have a way to script something. Um, I, you know, in IT, you know, we go back to being lazy. I don't want to sit there and have to go click, 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 click all day. That's insanity. On the same, on the same task over and over and over again. One, I'm, I'm going to screw up. So at some point, I'm going to fat finger something. Uh, two, it takes, it takes too long. I'd rather spend 10 minutes and write a script to do something, and then every time I have to do it in the future, I've got it instead of having to do, do you know, do the manual process. Yep. Um, you know, honestly, I'm I'm trying to find the time now to start working on some of this API stuff to remove the human element from day-to-day -day operations. Mm -hmm. I mean, how how many times you you heard the horror story of somebody adding a VLAN to a trunk and they forget to put the keyword add in and boom, they've knocked down that uh, trunk to that switch because they've added the one VLAN and not the other 100 or 15 or whatever we were on there before. Yeah. So, you know, trying to remove that human error, trying to remove the need to repeat stupid tasks over and over again. I mean, between DNA Center, uh, the APIs with Meraki, the APIs with, you know, the security appliances, I see, I finally see the light. So, you know, I remember when they first started talking SDN, I was like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Here's another marketing term that's going to come and go, and we're going to you know, have yet, yet another marketing thing that everybody's going to get excited about, and then we're just going to let it go again. But um, you know, I'm seeing the light now, and I, I, I look forward to more and more from DevNet. I think you guys are doing a wonderful job trying Thank to you. evangelize. Appreciate um, it. And that's what it is. I mean, there's a lot of us uh, engineers that are sticks in the mud going, I've always done it this way, I don't want to change, but the time is now. Well, and, it, and it's not to make your lives harder, it's to uh, ideally make your lives easier. Exactly. Um, and more secure and um, you know, able to grow and scalable, and the whole idea behind it is, let's, let's make this something that, that can be positive moving forward. I was talking to a, an engineer yesterday, and um, he was really excited about it, but he was a little doom and gloom about it. He's like, well, now all these network engineers are going to lose their jobs and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. 
I was like, those job, those people's jobs are going to become a lot easier. They're going to be able to go to bed at night. They're going to be able to take vacations. They don't have to work 80 hours a week to do updates across a bunch of different sites. They can now automate those things. And frankly, a lot of a lot of what we do, people think is is magic anyway. <laughs> so if we can make the magic seem a little bit easier for us, they don't need to know that. <laughs> well, and I think too, like you said, if we can automate the easy things or the day-to-day -day things that take up our time, maybe we'll have to have the time to actually look at what can we really do with what, what we are have. The hard problems what's the that next? We never have time to solve. Yeah. Right? What's the next thing we can do because we have that extra time? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I just I'm looking at the website here, create. .meraki.io, and I, I found this app store, and I mean, tell us about some of these. I know on the way here, I couldn't find the podcast booth, and I pulled out my Cisco Live app, powered by MapWise, I was able to find my way here. So, I mean, tell me about some of these apps. What are your favorite? Um, so, MapWise is a, a pretty tight partner with us. They work really closely with DevNet. Uh, Matthew Gerard, their, uh, is that his last name? He, uh, he's their CTO. He loves coming to our events. He helped us out with a hackathon in uh, Berlin. Um, they are fantastic. So they, they provide a mapping solution on top of Meraki and CMX location services. So um, they are able to take the data that's coming out of uh, either of those services and put it on um, a high-res map, depending on the, the area that they're working in. So the basis of a Meraki location service implementation is, is always going to be their GPS coordinates. So they default to Google Maps uh, whenever they want to map something within their dashboard. But if someone wants to get a little, little more granular and provide indoor mapping, uh, that's where MapWise comes into place. It even has the floors. Yeah, it has the floors. And, and it's a pretty cool application. But I also it, hear a lot about Purple. Yes. Uh, they actually... Uh, were with me on uh, on stage yesterday, working on the again comparing CMX and Meraki location services. Uh, Purple has also implemented uh, both of them. Uh, they are more of a custom shop, from what I can tell, and so they engage their clients in their in the scenarios that they need to solve for their particular problems. Um, but because the the plugins for uh, CMX and Meraki are defined through the APIs. They have that standardized thing that they do across each customer site, and then they provide custom application solutions for them within within their service. So what's a feature or functionality of Meraki that you think is the most underutilized? The most underutilized? Something people just don't use a lot that you... I don't know if we talk about lot about the system manager. We don't. System and manager is probably one of the most powerful component that they yeah. have. And mainly we don't talk about it because it's really hard to put a learning lab together it for is really, really <laughs> hard for the startup for somebody. Can you start. explain what system manager system is? System manager bit? essentially is um, it's a system manager. It manages your devices that are on the network and particularly your phones, your so imagine imagine you're deploying uh, Meraki in a school, and the school you hand out uh, tablets and laptops for students to take home. Well, with System Manager, assuming as you register, you, you you put an agent on on your on your device, and that device becomes registered with the Meraki dashboard cloud, and you can track things like you can allow and disallow system preference. You can 
for for if you're registering your iPhone, for instance, you could um, you know you could have it where there the, have a set of app stores uh, applications that as soon as the, the system is provisioned, they you know it downloads the the apps from the app store and it locks it, so nobody can change anything to it. You can't add. You can you cannot add. You can track with the location of your devices within the campus, and that's all. That's all great. I mean, for for me, and, and this is this is a bit on the personal side. Doesn't really apply in the enterprise. I use it to monitor my kids' activities on their iPads. Um, that's a huge use case, actually. It is, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It totally is, and and so I end up just essentially allowing the apps that they can control, uh, remove, delete apps that I don't want them to have without them knowing, and I, they log themselves out all the time, which you can actually push a new passcode onto the device itself. So it's, it's really, really powerful. And there are APIs available for it, yeah. um, and they can tie into uh, Cisco Umbrella, um, what That's else? Another oh, ISC as well, yeah. so uh, those, those are available to us. It's just a matter of figuring out how to manage uh, fake devices for the learning labs. <laughs> right. We, we actually leveraged the system manager within the DevNet zone for our workshop uh, MacBook Pros. Um, we had an incident where, you know, we, some of our laptops ended up walking away. Um, and so we, we actually have them where they're registered with system manager. We keep track of where they are. And we set up a geofence. If, if it moves outside of this uh, location, we get a notification on Spark saying, can you lock down the machine when it does that? You can. You, no. you can definitely lock down the machine and not allow any authentication. And you can see where it's last been seen. So Cisco, if you don't know the whole MPLS thing, uh, not the protocol, the, the people, they would generally spin out and then spin back in an innovation. Or if they acquire a company, they would. It's called a spin-in. Yeah, yeah. You don't touch the company for like a year, and then you start to bring it into the, the company. Meraki's never done that, have they? They've all they've been allowed to kind of exist, sort of on their own, because they've continued to innovate on their own. They're slowly. They, they, I mean, they are slowly kind of coming in within the Cisco, integrating within the Cisco culture, and um, and it's just. Uh, they just have a kick-ass product that, that it's hard to... Absolutely. I think we're wrapping up. Uh, I'll add, we're doing some DevNet Express events, so be on the lookout. Uh, if you are interested in seeing this firsthand, and then uh, look at the DevNet Zone, check out create.meraki.io. Developer.cisco.com. Learninglabs.cisco.com. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I think that's a wrap. Yep, cool. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to another Cisco Champions podcast.